Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Greatest God, we praise you this morning. Our souls, our hearts, everything about us, return all glory, dominion, power, majesty to your name. Thank you for your awesome presence in this place. Thank you, your presence is here to heal and to deliver, to raise up, to lift up. Thank you, everlasting Father. Let your breath rest upon the ministry of your word. Let it cause major transformation in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Say, believe in amen this morning. And put those hands together for Jesus. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God help me this morning. <laughs> I need to start by appreciating my pastors. We cannot do this enough. We have to give honor to whom honor is due. Let's celebrate my pastors, Pastor Bayer and Pastor Tone this morning. We celebrate God's grace upon your life. Put your hands together one more time for this great, great privilege and celebrating all the pastors, all the leaders, all the ministers in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. And I said I was going to bring a report. Just so you know, I bought the Roblox for people that know. All right. <laughs> Let's open our Bible to Luke chapter 11, verse 17 this morning. As we continue in our series, Planted, Not Buried. And today my assignment is to talk about stronger together. Stronger together. Tell somebody, say we are stronger together. Hallelujah. Luke 11, verse 17. The Bible says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided against itself will fall. And this scripture is very straightforward. Re requires no explanation. But as I really dwelt on the scriptures, uh, another passage of the Bible came to mind. The book of Genesis chapter 11. And this is a story that we probably have seen over time. Genesis 11, I'm reading from the message version. The Bible says, at one time, the whole earth spoke the same language. It so happened that as they moved out of the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and fire them well. They used brick for stone and tar for mortar. Then they said again, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches heaven. Let's make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. Verse 5, the Bible says, God came down. To look over the city and the tower those people had built. The Bible says in verse 6, God took one look and said, one people, one language. Why? 
This is only the first step. And then he says, no telling what they'll, what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. Then God said, come, we'll go down and gobble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them from there all over the world and they had to quit building the city. That's how it came to be called Babel. Because there God turned their language into Babel. From there God scattered them all over the world. And the first thing that comes to your mind is, God talks about unity and the book of Psalms says, it's good, it's how pleasant and sweet for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now God is scattering people that were unified. Now that's not where I'm going to, but I thought to mention that the reason God scattered them was not because they were unified. The reason God scattered them is in Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. After the flood of Noah, God told Noah in Genesis chapter 9 verse 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill where? The then in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he told Adam and Eve, and God blessed them saying, what again? Be fruitful and what? Multiply and fill the earth. So the only reason they were scattered was because they were trying to stay in one place. Not because they were unified. So unity is good. Until it is used for something that is not good. The kind of unity we are talking about today is the one that will bring about God's agenda for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will begin to form alliances, relationships, collaborations, partnership with people that will advance you to where God wants you to get you in the name of Jesus. I just prayed you missed that point. I say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Interesting phrase in this passage is the phrase, let us. And I took the liberty of trying to count how many times that was said in the Bible. I counted 227 times. I'm sure it's probably more. Of course, I use Google, amen. <laughs> because you're wondering, did you start counting from Genesis? No, no, no. There's something called Google. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image. Exodus chapter 1, verse 10, when the children of Israel were increasing, the Egyptians said, let us deal with them wisely. Exodus chapter 5 verse 8, the Israelites responded, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Numbers chapter 13 verse 30, Caleb said, let us, let us what? He says, it's still the people, let us go up at once and possess the land. Now the passage we just read in Genesis chapter 11 verse 4, they said, let us build. And even God, he took him to say, let us go and scatter them. Could it be that it's a journey you're walking alone? That you need to inject some letters this morning. Because the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Which is one, one major text we're focusing on today also. He says it is better to have a partner than go it alone. I love what how message version puts it. He said share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the others will do what? The other helps. But he said if there's no one to help. Have you been experienced toughness, difficulties, struggles because there's no one to help? I heard something very profound yesterday. The statement that God has 7.2 billion ways of blessing you. But you probably are not looking. You know why? Because there are 7.2 billion people living on earth. Could it be that you are ignoring people that could be blessings to you? We are stronger together. Follow me closely this morning. The biggest question is, do you want to walk a journey that God wants you to walk? I always say this, that people say, 
When you want to go far, go with people. When you want to go fast, go alone. I say, if you want to get to where God wants you to get to, you go with the people God wants you to go with. But you see, we live in a world where there's a culture of isolation. Different cultures that is forcing us not to connect with one another. I mean, we're out of, you know, lockdown now. We can move around. So there's no reason why we should stay alone anymore. There was a reason before, but now there's no reason anymore. Because even God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I know we read that scripture in the context of marriage. But it's not in the context of marriage again, alone. Actually, the real word is a word to him that is alone. Follow me carefully. Let's look at some cultures quickly in the interest of time. The first culture will observe that it's holding us back from connecting to, with one another is the culture of extended isolation. The culture of extended isolation. This also means I need my me time. <laughs> you know, more people seem to need their me time these days. You know, in fact, people post things on social media and tell you all you need is yourself. In fact, sometimes we even quote some passages going into the Bible. One with God is a majority. That's not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> and they say all sorts of things. And I, I, I bet you just make this comment that a lot of the people you listen to, a lot of the influencers you listen to out there, they share their coping mechanisms with you. They go through struggles and they share their coping mechanisms. But you guess what? Coping mechanisms can only help you survive. God does not want you to survive. God wants you to thrive. And the only thing that can make you thrive is the word of God and the principles of the word of God. So if you stay alone in the space of coping, you will be missing out on the blessings of God. So God wants us to connect. As a matter of fact, some, some people say, if I don't mix with them, they won't mess with me. But you are missing out on God's blessing. Let me show you something quickly in the book of Ruth chapter 1 verse 22. Ruth 1 22, the Bible says, And so Naomi was back, and Ruth the foreigner with her, back in the country of Moab, from the country of Moab, beg your pardon, they arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Thus, chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible says, It so happened that Naomi had a relative by marriage, a man prominent and rich, connected with the Elimelech's family. His name was Boaz. Now I'm going to verse 2. The beginning of verse 2 says something very profound. It says, one day, Ruth. In other words, they have been there together in that house perhaps for a very long time. But one day, Ruth decided to step out. Ruth decided to go and connect. Ruth decided to go and work. And it was as a result of that desire to connect that she met Boaz. Could it be that your Boaz is waiting somewhere but you are staying alone? You know some people when they come to church, your church is for connecting, it's for fellowshipping. The word fellowship sounds like fellows in a ship, right? You know, you service, service finishes as soon as they in Jesus' name we are praying in the name of Jesus, amen. You run out, we should ask you, where are you running? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need to connect with one another. We need to network with one another. We need to go to events. We need to come to church. Can I show you something from the Bible quickly? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. If you give me disciples, literal New Testament. Now watch this. Hebrews 10, 25. The Bible says, let's read it together. I want to go. Not forsaking the gathering. No, you can stop there actually. Because it sounds to me like not forsaking the gathering. Does that ring a bell? Not forsaking the gathering. So this is this passage 
was written to everyone that is 20 years, 30 years. You get what I'm saying, right? He says, don't forget the gathering. At 4 p.m. Which day? Every Sunday. Oh, just, <laughs> just to mention, tonight we're talking about relationship goals. Maybe you will just know how to find your Boaz. Amen? By not forsaking the gathering. You know, a lot of us, we have mastered the art of isolation to the point that we are struggling with a lot of things and there's nobody to help. I'm sure you know the responsibilities of the devil. John chapter 10 verse 10. The Bible says the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill. And let me show you something quickly. Now, let's say this is church. We are stronger together. But then the devil shows up and then accuses everyone to you. You know that his name is Diabolos. Accuser of brethren. He has a tripartite responsibility in that also. He accuses man to God. God to man. Man to man. So people just look at you and you hate them. Say, I don't like church people. As if you are not one of us. Are you following me? Then he brings all sort of offense and accusation about people to your mind. And he tells you, you know what you need to do? They don't love you in that place. Leave them. Don't connect with them. He steals you from your relationships. He steals you from your support system. He steals you from church. Some people, he actually makes you hate your family. And you go one with God is a majority. I can stay on my own. And God, was, and God is saying, the only way I want to bless you is to bless you through, through people. He steals you away. And when he steals you away, what's the next assignment? To kill. And the story, because it's now easier to break, to break. I declare in the name of Jesus, the devil will not break you. But you must remain in the pack because we are stronger together. Because we are stronger together. Two more cultures and I will leave. We have some time to pray quickly. There's a culture of independence. Pulling us away from each other. Oh no, that culture is big today. Pardon me, let me say among the ladies because there's a wave of I don't need anyone because I can be successful on my own. I'm a self-made. It's so interesting what people that call themselves self-made. They all got help. So, but, but you see, but you see, Mark Zuckerberg started and he didn't need anybody. The dude started in his father's garage. The father is not human. He needs everyone that is self-made add someone to help them. It is by God's design for us to be interdependent on each other. It is the nature of life. The very first thing God did was to say, it was not the moment he created man, if he did not want us to relate, he did not have to create Eve. Man would have been related with baboons and, and lions and everything. But we needed to connect and depend. God doesn't want us to depend on our strength alone. He doesn't want to be independent. He wants us to be what? Interdependent. As a matter of fact, trying to be effective by being independent is attempting to play, like attempting to play the game of tennis with a golf club. You probably will miss it, maybe one ball. Because that is not the way life has been designed. 
we need to connect with one another. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Proverbs 27, verse 17, something very profound. You know this scripture. It says, you use steel to sharpen what? Steel. Simple. Someone said, but I'm sharpened. I went to Yale. I went to Oxford. I went to all these places. I am sharp. But what happens when you go blunt by usage? Who will sharpen you? What happens when you're just in that wisdom, that counsel, but you chose to be alone? You chose to be independent. But God says, I don't want you to be independent. I want you to depend on people as other people depend on you. As a matter of fact, I, I realize from the scriptures that God does not want us to depend or succeed through our strength alone. Let me show you something from the Bible. Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6. The Bible, reading from KJV, the Bible says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. Second Samuel, not first Samuel. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him. Every time I read this part, I, I, you know, my typical language comes because it, it's B-A-A-L-E. What does that mean? Baleb. Of Judah. <laughs> To bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubim. So David was moving the ark of God that represents God into the city of David. And if you jump to verse 6, the Bible says, And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God. You know the story? And took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And if I was God, I was just going to say, oh, no, thank you so much, Uzzah. You're such a good boy. But look at verse 7. Go to verse 7 quickly. Verse 7, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. Excuse me, God, this guy just helped. And he didn't stop there. And God smote him, therefore his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And I don't blame King David because all he did was to take the ark and say, mm -mm, this ark kills people. You will not follow me to the city of David. Let's put you in the house of this Obed-Edom, the Gittites. And then they put him there in verse 11, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11. The Bible says, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Again, I got confused because the ark just killed someone just because I touched. But it entered someone's home and it blessed the home of that person. But if you look at the meaning of the name of Obed-Edom, it means servant of Edom. As a matter of fact, it means worshiper of Edom. So I believe that Obed-Edom stayed in worship, praising God, connecting with God. And you can't worship God and not be blessed by him. He was dependent on God. And you might want to say, so what is the connection there? You need to know the name of Uzzah. Uzzah means strength. As a matter of fact, man strength. So I believe that Uzzah must have taken hold of the ark by his own strength. And the Bible says, sure, let me show you this scripture quickly. The Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel, sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 9. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 9, the Bible says, He will keep the feet of a saint, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. God 
did not design you to depend solely on your strength. God designed you to depend on him and that we depend on one another. The thought culture, quickly, in the interest of time. The thought culture, quickly, is a culture of unhealthy comparison. I've skipped one. The culture of unhealthy comparison and competition. That is where you say, I have to be better than everyone else. You know, no matter how better you are than anyone else, there's always an ER after you arrive at a status. When you become rich, there's someone richer. When you become tall, there's someone taller. When you become, what else? Short. Okay, if you become short, there's someone shorter. <laughs> there's always an ER. No matter where you are, there's something better than that. The yearning to be better than everyone else sometimes pushes us away from each other. Let me show you this, actually. When competition-driven comparison is promoted over collaboration, certain complexes are delivered. They are enabled. So when it's all about how I'm better or how we are comparing ourselves with ourselves, you start developing certain complexes. The first one is the first complex is inferiority complex. The fact that you think that other people are better than you or you are unworthy or you are less capable than other people. What, hap what that leads to is that the moment you think you are less capable than other people, you are not bold enough to connect with them. And they might just be holding your blessing. You know, we come to church and we, wait, we judge people or we measure people by how they look. And when you look at them head to toe, you say, mm, mm, mm. This, this, this kind of people, I cannot talk to them. Inferiority complex. So, you know, that man's tongue Sounds like the tongue of angel. Have you heard angels speaking tongues? <laughs> I know there are tongues of angels, don't get me wrong. But no matter how heavy the tongue is, you can still connect with that person. Let's don't allow inferiority complex to hold you back. The second complex I'm going to talk about is superiority complex. The fact that you think and you believe that you are exceptionally Better than everyone else. I think this holds people back from connecting more than anything. Because you are looking at people and like, you know, because they are not in my level, you know, they are not, we are not in the same class. Do you know it's the grace of God that raises one up? And as a matter of fact, not every classmate will remain in the same class. And the people you look down on today, God can raise them up overnight. Just like that. But God wants them to bless you. But they are too small for you. Let me show you something from the Bible. About Elijah. 1 Kings 17 verse 4. 1 Kings 17 verse 4. Message version. The Bible says, God then told Elijah, Get out of here and fast. Head east and hide out at the Kerith ravine on the other side of Jordan River. You can drink fresh water from the brook. And I've ordered the ravens to feed you. Now, I know you know Elijah. He needs no introduction. That man is a fire-calling prophet. You know him? He's a rain-calling prophet, the cloud-shutting prophet, the false prophet-killing prophets. 
the Jezebel fearing prophet sometimes. <laughs> He's anointed, the double portion anointing prophet. Now, maybe you don't know much about ravens. Ravens are not very big. They're big, but not as big as the likes of eagles. They are often black, black bird. They are scavengers. In other words, they eat meat on the road. And God told them to bring him food, the almighty Elijah, lunch and dinner for a long time. And that sustained him for the period. Imagine if God, Elijah had gone to God and said, excuse me, God, I beg your pardon. With a man of my status and caliber, you should have sent an eagle or perhaps a lion, you know, to bring me food. Elijah would have been hungry. It's so interesting that even after that season, he sent him from the brook for a widow to feed him. God is just so awesome because when God wants to bless you, he's not looking at the size of the person he sent to you. And you cannot short-circuit God's blessing because you are looking down on them. Because sometimes the people don't have blessings to give you, but they are the ones that know where your blessing lies. Superiority complex. The third complex, quickly, in terms of time. Third complex is guilt complex. The fact that you blame yourself for everything because you are comparing yourself to other people. And because you blame yourself, you stay in that blame. You cannot connect with people. Let me tell you this. We are all here by the grace of God. I'll show you something from the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. New Living Translation says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. It says, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me. So if you are currently at 10%, that 10% is a result of God's favor. If you are 30%, it's a result of God's favor. If you are 50%, it's a result of God's favor. And let me tell you this, God will give you the blessing you need per time. He will not bless you ahead of your time. Because times and season are in his hands. Whatever he has given you today, hold it and keep it. Because the gift of God for you. And don't let anything, either superiority complex, inferiority complex, or guilt complex stop you from connecting because we are stronger together. As a matter of fact, superiority complex makes you overvalue yourself. Inferiority complex makes you undervalue yourself. Someone is wondering what guilt complex makes you do. It makes you devalue yourself. <laughs> Whichever way you play it, they that compare themselves to themselves are not wise. So how do we promote togetherness as believer, believers? And I want us to pray after now. Is by connection. Connection. We need to connect more. We need to connect more. We need to be open to each other. We need to network. You know, sometimes also our selfishness stops us from networking. It's just everything is just about you. And you are chasing this thing, you're not catching. Let me tell you this. If you can solve it, you would have solved it. If you have been chasing all these years and it's not solved, you need help. It is okay to get help from God and from men. And when I say men, I also mean women, by the way. Connection. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 that we read before. It says, not forsaking. 
the gathering together of ourselves as is a habit of some, not forsaking the gathering together of ourselves. Now I'm saying that so that you can get it and also so that you can come in the afternoon, not forsaking the gathering together of ourselves. Acts chapter 2 verse 46, the Bible says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. That was the practice of the apostles. They met all the time. They were not tired of themselves. The release of the anointing and graces came as a result of meeting. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were gathered together in one accord and then the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came because they were gathered together. When was the last time you had those fellowship, one-on-one fellowship, where you delve deeper into God's word with someone? The Bible said we should share each other's burdens. When was the last time? You know what? If you have to share each other's burdens, it means you will learn to share your own burden. Some say, but you say, I can't share my business with people. I don't, this church people, you are also a church person. And if you shut your eyes because there are bad people around, good people will pass and you won't see them also. The fact that there are bad people means there are good people. The presence of fake is an evidence of the original. So you cannot shut your eyes. The principle of God cannot be trumped. Together we are stronger. Simple. We need to connect with one another. Number two, quickly. Number two, we need mutual contributions. So our relationships we need to be needs to be mutually beneficial. It needs to be symbiotic. That's the only way we can be stronger together. If you take and take and take and take and take and you don't give, people will run away from you. Simple. When they see you coming, they'll escape from that side. Simply because you're a taker. TIC. Let's go on. Takers in chief. I see all those things. <laughs> Galatians 5 verse 13, the Bible says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another. Serve one another. Do you know how many, can I put it this way? This is just dropping in my spirit. Do you know how many businesses we can start in this room? Have you thought about that? If we crowdsource a fund in this room, and we say we want to start businesses, you know how many we can start? But you know what the problem is with believers? Selfishness. The moment you say, let's start a business, somebody will say, who will be the CEO? That's not what we are talking about. <laughs> Imagine when they were building the Tower of Babel and say, let us build someone and say, who will be the project manager? Can I be the treasurer? They won't build it. The reason we're not building nothing is because we want to be first. We need to serve one another. I'm going to close now. While I was preparing for this teaching, God told me one thing. He said, this is the last Sunday in the first half of the year. And it's during this time that people re-strategize. This is when you start thinking, do I have the right people working with me on the journey that God has put me on? This is where you optimize the stage so that you have the right people in the right places. This is where you bring new people into your life. And God told me that I want to send help to someone. I thought you said a big amen. I want to send help to someone. And that help will come through people. But you have to open up. And you step in with value, not begging. You know, Ruth discovered Boaz because she went out. 
Ruth discovered Boaz well because she went out. Cornelius discovered Peter because God sent Peter to him. Whichever way, God is set to send you help. I want us to pray, but I want to tell you this testimony quickly. You know, when I, my very first, well, my, my first international trip was a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. The second one was community effort. The third real international travel came because I was working on a project and then I was in, my, in a team. But all of them were there. They met with this global head of whatever that came and they didn't remember me. And she was there for three days. And on the third day, they remember that there was one Harry somewhere who was on a project and they invited me to come speak with her. I was in Nigeria. If you know Nigeria well, she, if that was on the island and then she needed on Lagos, she was going to go to the airport. So they told me she only had five minutes. So I needed to speak with her for five minutes. I prayed a prayer. Since I've been working, Esther 2 verse 15, when it was the turn of Esther to go in, she obtained favor in the sight of everyone that looked upon her. And as I stepped in, they gave me five minutes. I said something. Don't ask me what I said. I cannot remember. And then she looked at me and she said, you are a global talent. And I will support your career. She went back a few months after, after the project she came. They sat me in a boardroom and showed me five positions. I should choose one. I chose one that was in South Africa. She settled me in South Africa. I was really settled. And then one day she called me. She said she was leaving. I was like, oh, no, you're leaving? She said, yes. She said, I just wanted to be sure you are settled here before I leave. God wants to send you help. I'm going to share another one because I want you to pray and I want you to understand this prayer. I wouldn't share a personal story like that, but as I prayed this morning, God told me to, and I'm sharing with you. The second one, I was, tra- I was in a hotel. The, 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 the people messed up, so to say, and they were serving me. So I stood up. You know, as a teacher of God that I am, eh? I started teaching them what they should have been doing right. And the, the conversation went for a long time. And a man stood behind me. And after a while, he tapped me. Then he started asking me questions. I was responding. Then after a very long conversation, he told me he's the owner of the hotel. And he said, can I train his people? Of course I can train his people. I train, and let me tell you one thing, the relationship is still on today. I'm talking about 2009. There was a season in our life, we were trying to get a place, and I was, we we were going to pay for the place, and I was going to another place to get the money, and he called. I said, you told me you wanted to pay for a place. Have you paid? I said, no, I'm trying to get the money. I said, can you come to me? And he wrote me a check for that place. That man has been part of my career and business since 2009. I'm saying this to say that we are always amplifying the fact that every level has a devil, but every season has a man. And if you miss the man, you might be missing that opportunity. Get up on your feet. You won't miss the opportunity this morning. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you show me this? Can you show me the presentation if it's, if it's okay? Hallelujah. We're going to pray this one for favor. Ruth connected with, with our Boaz, Cornelius, with Peter. This morning, you're going to lift your voice and say, God, I receive your help in Jesus. Please put it on the screen. Want to go? Say, I declare in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer. I declare in the name of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. 
by Christ Jesus. Because of that, I am blessed and highly favored by God. I am the object of God's affection. God's favor surrounds me as a shield. And the first thing that people come in contact with is my favor shield. Say, thank you, God, that I have favor with you and man. Every day, every time, people go out of their way to bless me and to help me. I have favor with everyone that I deal with and come in contact with. Doors that were once closed are now open for me. I receive preferential treatment and I have special privileges and I am God's favorite child. Turn to prayer quickly. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Just declare, just declare, just declare. Show me the second screen. Just declare, just declare, just declare, just declare in the name of Jesus. We receive favor in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I declare in the name of Jesus, no good thing will God withhold from me. Because of God's favor, my enemies cannot triumph over me. I have supernatural increase and promotion. Say that again. Say, I have supernatural increase and promotion. I declare restoration of everything that the devil has stolen from me. I have honor in the midst of my adversaries and an increase on every side. I have increase of assets because I am highly favored by God. I experience great victories, supernatural turnarounds, and miraculous breakthroughs in the midst of great adversaries, in the midst of great impossibilities. I receive recognition, prominence, and honor. Petitions are granted to me, even by ungodly authorities. Say policies, rules, regulations, and laws are changed and reversed on my behalf in the name of Jesus. Celebrate Jesus there. Celebrate Jesus there. Celebrate Jesus there. Celebrate Jesus there. The last slide, the last slide. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, say, I win battles that I don't even fight because God fights them for me. This is the day, the set time, and the designated moment for me to experience the free favors of God that profusely and lavishly abound on my behalf. Now you're going to say this boldly and after that we will rejoice. Say, as I step into the second half of the year, I step into a new level of favor. God keeps bringing men, women, and even angels to orchestrate favor for me. Say, I am favored. My family is favored. My church, Domino Chapel Houston, is favored. We enjoy supernatural favor. In Jesus' name, somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Can you just lift your hands this morning?
Wherever you are, lift your hands. I receive favor. 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 Like a shield. Favor. Favor. People see me. They greet me. They give to me. God is sending men, women, angels on my behalf. Things are changing in my favor. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Please stay with me. Just as Ruth needed Boaz and Cornelius needed Peter to move to the next level of their lives. Someone in this room needs Jesus. Let me tell you this. There is no help any man can give you if Jesus hasn't helped you. All eyes closed if you can. If you're here, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. You know why we are saying you should connect and collaborate and partner with people. The first connection is to connect with Jesus. Just, just put your hand on your chest wherever you are. We're not going to call you out. As we pray this prayer together, everyone. Thank you for those hands on your chest. God bless you. Thank you for making such a powerful decision today. Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you and receive you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. I yield my life over to you. I connect tightly with you. Be my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you because as we have declared, so shall it be in the name of Jesus. And if you've given your life to Jesus, please text SAVED to 812 dch And I declare in the name of Jesus, this week, that favor phone call is coming. That favor text message is coming. That man, that woman, that blessing you need, God is released your way in the name of Jesus. The favor of God upon this house will shield you in the name of Jesus. As you step out this week, step out like you favored. As a matter of fact, change your name. My name is Harry Favored Akiola in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands together. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week.